0: Hey, this is your name, your name, your name. Your name. And uh, they say it ain't, hey, ain't. easy. Gang Green, Gang Green you have Jets? their man. Jets got themselves a great one. Robert Sala. Robert Sala, we talk about all gas, no brake. The great one. We're not talking about effort on the field. Whoa. We're talking about the process at which we do things. Lie. I'm not gonna lie to you. Hurry up! Hurry up! Hurry up! Keep your foot on the pedal. Base, 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 base. There's nice. no way I'm not gonna have enthusiasm on the sideline. Hey, own this run! Own this run! The New York Jets can beat anybody in the world, and I think we're gonna win next Sunday. <laughs>
1: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the latest edition of the Ain't Easy Being Green podcast broadcast to you live from beautiful, amazing, picturesque Crystal Lake Studios in Las Vegas, Nevada. My name is Keith Farrell. I'm joined, as always, by my colleague and co-host, the number one jet fan in the state of Texas, none other than Michael Garris, everybody. Mike, what's
0: up, what's man? up, everybody? I hope everyone had a Happy New Year's, enjoyed the holidays, and we kick off 2024 with a nice AEBG discussion.
1: <laughs> I like it, Mike. I like it. Good enthusiasm. The year is not ending on a high note, obviously. Um, a few weeks ago, we did get that win with the Redskins. That was cool. Having a chance to talk to everybody since then, Mike. Trevor Simeon played decent in that game. It seemed like it was going to be a blowout for a little while. And since the Kobe Brissett came in, Mike started slinging in that second half. That yep. kind of gave us a little bit of, <clears throat> I don't want to say hope heading into last week's game, but at least I thought maybe we could play decent versus the Browns. Defenses are both good. They're coming in with Joe Flacco. Um, I thought that game was a game that could definitely win. Uh, In the way that it went. I mean, the scoreboard makes it look a little closer than it was, Mike. We had the interception return for a touchdown when we spoke about the game afterwards and kind of what, you know, I I hate to say it, but Joe Flacco was on our team last year, right? And we go into this year and Zach's the backup and Rodgers is the starter and we know what the hierarchy was. Rodgers getting injured immediately is not something it's hard to foresee. But Mike, Joe Flacco was out there for, what, six, seven, eight weeks after that. You know, and... Here we are trying to struggle with Zach in a season you could probably still salvage. And Mike give a really good example: the Browns. Well, we saw the Browns as a team, the team that they are, how they beat us, the way they played with Joe Flacco. That could have been us. It feels like that, that should have been, been us. The Jets,
0: right. That's right. That should have been us. I mean, when I look at this Jets team, and I understand Rogers going down, and obviously that's one of the biggest, you know, uh, blows to a team that you could have. But you know what? The Browns had the same thing. And they lost Chubb, and they lost – and I said – we said this before, but there's no reason to me that the Jets shouldn't have been the Cleveland Browns of this season, right? Um, so I'm very disappointed, really, with the coaching staff. We're going to get into all that. But, um, yeah. yeah, you got Joe Flacco just slinging it around to Elijah Moore, and it's not like they have much better weapons than we do, you know what I mean? And so it's unfortunate.
1: Yeah, it was tough, man. Joe Flacco on the day, guys. Uh, 309 yards, three touchdowns. Did throw the one interception we returned for – um, a touchdown in the game. He's done an interception every game, but he's throwing two or three touchdowns every game. The Browns are throwing the ball more than any team in the NFL. And to Mike's point, they came into the year with Nick Chubb coming off last season. I'm sure they were going to throw the ball more with Watson anyway, Mike. But this team was a run-first team. The quarterback gets hurt, the running back gets hurt, and they completely, re- you know, change around the approach. The coaching staff and say, "All right, look, we don't have the weapons to run it." Jerome Ford's not bad. I'm not saying he's a bad running back, Mike. He's okay. But yep. the entire offensive philosophy changed on the fly. You know, yep. and they figured it out, and they're winning games here. Um, 428 total yards for the Browns versus last week, Mike. So uh, definitely not a great game. Brees Hall, 84 yards, um, had the touchdown, had nine catches for 42 yards. Mike, he played decent. Jermaine Johnson, another good game for him, Mike. Um, Our boy, the rookie, got the uh, uh, second year, excuse me, brought the touchdown back. Um, He played well. You know, we were giving up about 295 yards a game before this. Even after this game, they're still ranked, I think, fourth or fifth, Mike in the NFL, the Jets' defense. Not like like they fell off the map because of this one game. But another disappointing game. Um, We're right now sitting at eighth spot, Mike, in the NFL draft before this Patriot game. We're going to get into some of those things later on in the show. But we don't want to harp on the negative here, guys. So it's been a tough year. Aaron Rodgers went out right away. I think right when that happened, we all did our best, Mike, to say, hey, we could still salvage the season. Let's, Let's see what happens. But deep down, in the back of everyone's mind, Mike, what happened this year? How it turned out is probably what we thought. Yeah, maybe you win five or six games. It's going to be a tough season. The season turned out exactly how we, we we didn't didn't want it to, but it kind of if you just were real with yourself about the Jets, Mike. I think where we are right now is pretty par for the course with the team they have and the quarterback play they've had, which has been abysmal for the most part, Mike. But we want to give out some awards. We want to bring some joy to everyone It's the end of the year. There's still some awards. Some guys still play well. Um, some guys still deserve some recognition here. Um, team MVP, offensive, offensive uh, player of the year, defensive player of the year. We're going to go through some of these things, guys, and talk about the Jets that maybe stood out in a positive way this year. Maybe one. We have one negative category, Mike, in all positive categories here. Just talk about some good stuff with the Jets. And the first one I want to ask you, Mike, just to get out of the way. Let's just get the let's just get the negatives be out of the way, right, Mike? Your most disappointing player for the ABG Awards 2023. Who's your most, and there's many options to choose from this year. Many, as we discussed, Mike. But who's your most disappointing New York Jet of 2023?
0: There's a lot of guys that could fit this bill, man. But to me, the biggest one is Alan Lazard. Um, you know, there's other guys we could mention. I'm sure Keith has a few guys. But for me, four years, 44000000 million. We've got to pay this dude $10 million guaranteed next year. So we know Alan's coming back right, yeah. next season. And he's also coming back, obviously, because Aaron Rodgers said so. But when you look at the numbers, I mean, what do you have? 23 catches for 311 yards and a TD. I mean, it, it is pedestrian at best. I mean, I would say I would go out to say that Xavier Gibson and I'd say Browning lately have looked and been more of a value yep. than Alan Lazard. So to me, who we got, he was supposed to be our number two receiver. He's been complete trash. Uh, for me, he's my most disappointing player in 2023.
1: Yeah, Mike, and if you look at the season stats, Xavier Gibson's like 50 yards behind Lazard, and we didn't utilize him for like maybe the past five or six years. Yeah. So, to your point, I mean, Gibson has looked like a better weapon, and that's probably why he's getting more targets. Um, I, I think that's a great answer. Lazard has been but the contract they gave him. They gave him a pretty good contract, too, Mike, to come here and be. A, you know, we knew Garrett Wilson was the number one, but to be that second target, that big red zone target, that's what me and you were kind of anticipating here, that's not what how it turned out. The um, guard has been absolutely a I think Dalvin Cook, who we just released, i mean, that's, that's another candidate, Mike, for the biggest disappointment of this year. 214 yards on 60, I think 65 carries, something like that. The past five or six weeks, when he's gotten the ball, has looked better, but they don't really give the ball. Brief Paul the man. We know how this is. Um, Brees Hall has kind of has made the offense go this whole year, but my most disappointing player only played four snaps, and that's Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I, I I know this might be outside the box thinking, but just the way that we had this uh, season built up all around Aaron and Hard Knocks and all of his quotes and all the positive energy we had, the level of disappointment it can't even measure measured in Jets. Oh, Aaron. it's not even close. It's un- unmeasurable. So mm-hmm. when you talk about guys that played on the field this year, I think Lazard and Cook probably the biggest disappointments, Mike. But to Jet fans, like, emotions, Aaron Rodgers, I think, is the biggest disappointment. You know what I mean? Uh, There's a case to be made for all those guys. But let's get into some positive things, man, because some of these guys did surprise us this year. Mike, when it comes to the surprise player of the year, maybe someone that didn't really get a lot of burn last year, kind of shot up this year. To me, Mike, that was Bryce Huck. Leads the team in sacks, eight sacks this year. Unrestricted free agent next season. But coming into this year, guys, when we talk about the Jets defensive line, which everybody talked about the whole offseason. Talking about Quentin, talking about JFN, talking about Jermaine Johnson, lost it, uh before the season. We're talking about. We're talking about our, our first round draft pick, Mike. Of all those dudes, no one really spoke about Bryce Huff yet. Here we are, end of the season, believe the team in sacks. Um, you know, 27 tackles as well. He's going to be an unrestricted free agent last year, so good for him. So a lot of options here. I we had a lot of guys surprise us in positive ways, Mike. For me, my surprise player of the year, maybe over exceeded expectations to the highest level. For me, Mike Bryce
0: Huff. Yeah, that's a great, great um, pick. I mean, yeah, eight sacks. He was the best guy on the edge. We're going to have to figure out how to pay him. You know, I could definitely go there. My surprise was Quincy Williams because, to me, I didn't expect him to play at the level he played at because he was always extremely athletic. We knew that. Yeah. He was always powerful. He was always able to – but he never had the timing down or whatever. This dude, what do you have? 131 tackles and 15 for a loss. I mean, this kid killed it. He should have been a pro bowler. I understand why he's not because of name standing. You know, you got the, the CJ Mosley didn't make it either, but you got other guys out there and you gotta be on a winning team to get more of that lean. So yep. obviously we got six wins. So we only got two guys and they got coined and Sauce, which obviously you have to put them in, right? But Quincy to me, I did not know he was going to move in that direction. And that had a lot to do with how good our defensive is. Okay. And that was one of the best contracts that JD has signed thus far.
1: Yeah, Mike, I agree with you. I mean, that's the the, the the surprise player of the year and the breakout player of the year. They kind of marry each other a little bit in the category. So um, I totally get that because we go to the next category. Mike, my breakout player of the year is Quincy Williamson. All the reasons you just mentioned, Mike, when you look at a guy who was prior to that looked at as a decent player, Linebacker, kind of a plug-and-play guy. We got him off waivers from the Jaguars, not really that thought about. We liked him. Uh, his first season, he had 110 tackles. He played well. But this year, 131 tackles is great, Mike, but the 91 solo tackles, that's top five in the NFL. You know, when you start getting near 100 solo tackles, yeah, that's top-level stuff for our boy. He also had two sacks, two forced fumbles, one fumble return, had interception, had 18 run stuffs. I mean, where we're coming into the season and we talk about sauce, and we talk about Quinn and we talk about Mosey, Mike, and DJ Reed, all these great defensive players. In passing, we would mention Quincy, you know, just, just as a good addition to those guys. Not as a guy we thought would be maybe the best player on the defense outside of Sauce. We, we didn't have him in that conversation, though. He definitely, for me, in a major way, this year broke out, Mike.
0: absolutely, oh, of course, man. I guess my definition, I looked at it like, surprise was, Quincy was not a top draft pick yeah right? you know what I'm saying he was like lower and he so he surprised me because he's playing like he was a first round pick but we do have a first round pick right that had a, uh, a little bit of a disappointing rookie season you know you had Garrett Wilson you had Brees Hall you had Cook I mean uh C- C- sauce and they yeah. were killing it and Jermaine Johnson was like yeah and they had JJ well JJ yep. turned out To me, this season, broke out six and a half sacks. You saw that interception for the touchdown last week. He's been all over the field disrupting pressures. J.J., to me, has now established himself as part of the solution for this defensive line moving forward. And I like him and Bryce Huff. And if we can maybe add another weapon there, along with Quinnen, this defensive unit obviously continues to be a problem for the National Football League going into 2024 so that's why jj to me was a breakout player my breakout player for 2024. yeah dude and
1: i was it's either between him or quincy for me the guys that we maybe thought would be at a certain level coming in like i why i had quincy as the breakout is because we thought he was at one level but he almost went to like especially mike especially the first 10 games of the year quincy was like all pro and he was not the end of the year i think jermaine johnson played good the whole season all the way through all even last but in the last week had the big interception last week, so when it comes to consistency, Jermaine Johnson probably more consistently good throughout the year than Quincy. But I think both of those guys we thought would be good Jet fans and part of a good defense, but they played at a higher level than maybe anyone anticipated. Jermaine Johnson really put his uh, you know, made people recognize how good he is this year, even for the first game, Mike of the year to the end, six and a half yeah. sacks for the kid too, like you said. So, um, he's a, he's a rising player. And when you get into the defensive side of the ball, Mike, there's a lot of options here. We've had a, our defense all year long. Even, last week's an exception. They did not play well last week. In the Cowboy game too, Mike, they didn't play well in that game. Aside from those two games, I think most of the games they played pretty good. Kept us in almost every game even though our offense was pretty bad. So when it comes to defensive player of the year, very interesting because you could go, I mean, you could look at a clinching. You could even, outside chances, look at Jermaine Johnson. But for me, Mike, um, even though he didn't have an interception the whole year, he's still the best player on our defense. That's, that's awesome. That's a guy, he's still third-highest-ranked corner in PFF. They don't throw the ball at him or his direction. It's why his stats, like, could be years. Reeves only had one interception, but he's made the Pro Bowl. He had a great year. I mean, Sauce is on another level, 86.7 cornerback rating. Um, I know the stats this year when it comes to no interceptions and pass deflections aren't the same because he's targeted way less, Mike. So I know, you know, some guys have flashier stats, like a Mosley or a Quincy Williams, even a Jermaine Johnson or a Huff with the Zaxman. But the best player on our defense is Sauce Gardner. I think it's
0: Gardner. 100%. I mean, he was second overall in coverage grade this season. I mean, since week three, um, he's allowed just 18 catches for 150 yards. Wow. (laughs) Oh, my God. And zero and zero zero touchdowns. I did not know that. Average of 1.5 catches uh, per game, 12.5 yards Wow only ramsey from the dolphins has allowed fewer catches over that time frame but wow. obviously ramsey yeah so i mean it's 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 off the chain look to me he is 100 the defensive uh player of the year and to me and i know we're going to go into you know um uh your next category i don't want to jump but that to me he's our he's our best player i mean i honestly yeah. You can make an argument that he, not even make, he is the best cornerback in the NFL. I mean, you take last year and then this year, that's a volatile position. Yeah. Okay. He is, I know he doesn't have an interception. They don't throw on him. They don't throw on him when they play the Dolphins, right? And you had dude Waddle go off. He went off only on one cornerback and that was not sauce. Every time Sauce covered him, yep, an it and throw them. him. Why is that? You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, like honestly, Keith, right now he's on a trajectory to be better than Revis. I mean, I'm not saying he is yet, obviously, but he's out out of this world good. Yeah. Well, he's...
1: <laughs> I would say this. You know, Darrell Revis, one of the
0: best corners of all
1: time. He proved it over the course of his whole career. Sauce has only played two years, but his first two years... His first two years, he's a better player than Darrell Rebus in his first two years. Now, Darrell Revis' third year is where Rebus Island was formed and he took off to the guy that we know now, right? So, um, I don't think Rebus didn't have as much pub and as much. He had respect in the NFL circles, but not nationally, like the way Sauce is doing, Sauce commercials his first year as a rookie, you know, Mike. So he's kind of blowing up immediately, Sauce. So you're worried coming into this second season, is he going to have that sophomore slump? Is he going to be able to play as well?
0: We um, said that. I thought that. Remember I was yeah. like, Yo, Keith, he's gonna come down a little bit this day. Yeah. He just like this. Yeah. Like this. Yeah. Just elite. And leg. you look and it's like the Jets,
1: especially, man, you think if this team had an offense that was a legitimate offense that could control the clock and score points, et cetera, other teams would have to play catch up. But you have more he'd have more chances than at interceptions and things like that of that nature, right? Mike instead we're behind all the time. But it's not like people are throwing the ball down the field in the second half against the Jets. They're just running the ball, running the clock out, kicking field goals half the time in the playoffs. So um, I think that's a great answer, Mike. (coughs) Now let's get into the offensive player of the year. Then we'll get into our team MVP here. Uh, Mike, for you, your offensive player of the year this season. Not that our offense is that great, Mike. who do you have as the best player on offense for 2022?
0: I don't think it's even a question. It's Reese Hall. The Jets scored 17 touchdowns offensively this season, and he had almost half of them with eight. Yeah, he, he, leads, eight. he leads the NFL in recept, in receiving yards, 579 yards and four touchdowns uh, among running backs, uh, out, outpacing even uh, Christian McCaffrey. Um, and we needed him, obviously, because we didn't really have any receiving value outside of Garrett Wilson. So, just looking at what he did from a production perspective, looking at what he did, you know, from he's got all per he's over uh, a thousand yard all purpose yards, 819 yards rushing, 579 yards receiving. Um, without question, he's our best player, and he's doing this off of a year where he got a torn ACL. Honestly, I think that the sky's the limit for this kid. And honestly, in fantasy, like if you and I are big fantasy people, yeah, no, I'm I would consider him at the top yeah. like next year next year yeah, yeah. okay and, and let's just barring offensive line you like talking you and me offensive line improve you got Rodgers. i mean McCaffrey probably goes one right yeah. greece i mean i mean right i mean so who else i mean you yeah. can you could say Eckler, I'd have Brees over Eckler. No, I would and have I, Brees.
1: Eckler's getting up to 29, 30 years old now, so and he didn't he was not as nearly as productive this year, Eckler. So yeah. The stock the ta stock's gonna take a big hit. You do fantasy drafts next year, um I bet you right at the top. You have McCaffrey, you have maybe maybe Bichon, maybe not, uh, depending on what they look like offensively next year. And then you have Brees Hall. I mean, have you you guys <laughs> Mike, we have the same answer here for player of the year. And here's the reason why. Brees Hall, the Jets this year have, now we have one game left, so these numbers will be slightly increased before the end of the season, guys. But Jets have 400, 4,765 yards this season. Brees Hall has just about a few yards less than 1,400 of them. So that's 30% of our yards. That's not even just a, that's not even just, a story, just The yards we have, one human's accounting for 30% of them, you know. Um, he's talking about touchdowns, Mike. Four receiving and four rushing, so he led the team in rushing touchdowns, and he led the team in receiving touchdowns. He had one more touchdown than Garrett Wilson. Um, and the 1,400 yards—that's that, pretty good. I mean, coming off the ACL, and you're thinking when teams once Aaron Rodgers got hurt, and teams knew they're playing the Jets, every single team's—you know—when they're talking about how they're going to defend this offense, they're just talking about Brees Hall. That's it. Every team schemed against him for the past 15 weeks. Correct. I know Garrett Wilson has to be a for don't get me wrong, but with the limitations at quarterback, everybody we played knew they have to run it with this guy, this amount of times, or throw it to him, and that's their best weapon. And we knew it since the second Aaron Rodgers got hurt. Right? It kind of changed the offense, changed everything. And to still be able to get I know his yards per carry was down to was about 4.5 last year. I think it was 5.8 Mike. But when you have teams scheming got against you and you're still able to achieve so much in the passing game, 74 receptions. I mean, he's having a season like a, like a, you know, a low-grade wide receiver, and also has the 816 yard rushing, Mike. So um, that's kind of a no-brainer to me when it comes to the offensive player of the year. And that's the only reason why, when it comes to MVP, in such a bad year, Mike, when you talk MVP, I think Garrett Wilson and and Sauce are our best players. I think when you watch the games, there that like Garrett Wilson is as good as any receiver in the NFL. Right, I, I, I can, I can make that argument right now. He's as good as any receiver in the NFL. Um, and you look at Sauce; he's as good or better than any corner in the NFL. But the value to this season, 2023, who was the most valuable? I still think it's Brees Hall for all the reasons we just mentioned, Mike. On um, the offensive production he gave us. Now, Darius Wilson had a great, had a good season too. When you think about the quarterback play, he's at 1,008 yards now, Mike. He'll probably last year he had right at 1,100. If he has a good game Sunday, Mike, he's going to get over 1,100, have a little bit better year than last year. 163 targets for Garrett. That's third in the NFL. So he still has a lot of value. But with 163 targets, only 91 catches. So him and the quarterbacks on our team were not clicking at a high rate. That's a, that's a, that's a, that's a success rate, Mike, of um, not that far over 50%. So that's not what you want. When it comes to value, I think Brees Hall for the 2023 season was the only one scoring. He had eight touchdowns. He only had 17 of them, Mike, <laughs> so... It's yeah, kind of, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's I, either I Brees, it's either Brees to me, I I was deciding, I wanted to say Garrett because I think he's our best player, but he did have value this year, Mike, but he didn't take over games the way he did last year even. So I think it's between Brees or Sauce Gardner to me as the team MVP this year.
0: Yeah, man, I I, I completely agree. It comes down to those two. I picked Sauce because when I look at the six wins that we have, they were all generally because of the defense and special teams. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. could even say something about the punter and the and the field goal kicker. <laughs> that's true, that's true. <laughs> you could put them in it because we wouldn't have won much without Greg the Leg Man. But no. uh, I I I I would say the MVP is Sauce because you know I think the value of why the Jet defense is so scary is you, can, you can't get not throw on them, and that yeah. has a lot to do with Mr. Gardner. Gardner has not allowed more than two catches in a game since Week Five. Oh my God. Okay.
1: That's crazy. And
0: and he's given up one or fewer catches in five of the last six games. Wow. You cannot throw on him. And to me, that is elite. That like you take sauce off the Jets and our our winning percentage to me drops like significantly because that because of that weapon you have there, it's you know, the defensive coordinator can do so much. Yeah. You know, that's why you know, when we were just talking about most disappointing, and I know you said the true most disappointing thing is Aaron Rodgers going down. I agree with you on the true disappointment, but right there is this coaching staff for me. Mm. I am I am up to, like, I am so pissed yeah. with this team and this franchise because of what they have done regarding coaching, the offensive line, the Salah, with his BS schemes hack it with their old, you know, approach to offense. It is an abomination. Okay. And so, you know, going into next season, I don't think Aaron Rodgers solves everything. I know we're going to talk about that in the future shows about what they're going to do, but they have a lot of soul searching. In my opinion, I think Robert Sala needs to grow the hell up in a few categories. Um, he really needs to reflect this off season yeah. Because if you didn't have guys like Sauce Gardner, you would not even be close to some of the stuff. You would be without a job right now, without question. Okay, yeah. so Sauce is my MVP, and this coaching staff, Keith, I, I am I'm not looking forward to 2024 with the, with with what they have currently.
1: Yeah, and it seems like. With Rodgers in the building, everything's just going to be status quo next year for the most part when it comes to coaching here, like Mike said. And I can't disagree with anything you said, Mike. Um, you touched on all the schematic reasons why they've been disappointing. Also, <clears throat> from the sense that you've had Aaron Rod- you've had Zach Wilson here for two years prior to the season. And you went out and got Aaron Rodgers for that reason because you know Zach Wilson's not that good. So when Aaron Rodgers gets hurt, I get it. For a week or two, they had to ride with Zach Wilson. But i remember doing the show right after that and not just saying we need to get someone else in here it's going to be a lost season which we did say Mike. Right? um i remember it was, in my mind it was a foregone conclusion oh we'll get a veteran in here within the next few weeks like in my mind i'm like well no bro, of course we will and we talked about it we said hey here's some we had a whole show here's some guys we might be able to trade for here's Flacco, all the free agent guys and we did nothing and in spite of the fact that Zach Wilson, and I don't give a I don't give a shit what anybody says or thinks about this dude, he's one of the worst quarterbacks of all time, right? Go go bust out all the film you want. The stats don't lie. He's horrible. The Jets knew this. We wrote a few games with them, and we decided to keep going. Oh, he's okay. He's playing okay. He's playing okay. When you're winning games in spite of the quarterback who's playing horribly, you can't be that naive to think, oh, everything's fine. Like, I'll be a lot of people,
0: Keith. There's a lot of people that are sensitive about Zach Wilson. Something I haven't even told you, Keith, is when we beat the uh, commanders, there's this man. Uh, he does podcasting for the Jets. His name is Luke Grant, the Thunder, quote unquote, from Down Under. He goes on the Play Like a Jet podcast. He thinks he's a big shot. Anyway, he was a huge Zach Wilson fan, always saying he's getting better and all this stuff, right? Yeah, okay. And so he starts berating Jet fans for like ha- being happy for beating the Commanders. And I'm like, Yo, so why don't you like? Why do you care so much that Jet fans are enjoying a win? You know? And then he comes back at me like, says some snarky thing or whatever, and I, and then and then he goes after he goes yeah nice you only have two thousand followers like tries to hit us that we don't have as many followers as him and i'm like yo man look you do what you gotta do i understand that you're pissed off that you've got zach wrong but other than that you know like you're gonna go after or you're gonna hit me personally because i'm calling you out because you're calling out jet fans so he blocks me pissed as hell blocks us excuse me from because uh, I call and it's true he's yeah. talking about Zach and and he's wrong he was he looks so bad as an yeah. analyst because he would break down the film look at Zach and he's wide open and his feet are looking fantastic look at that snap to, no 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 Luke no Luke yeah you're wrong <laughs> Zach <Yeah>. sucks <laughs> I'm so sorry that hurts you professionally but it is what it is buddy. Yeah, well, we live in an age,
1: Mike, where people will ride with an opinion in in the face of facts, even if they know they're wrong or they think they're wrong. One to get clicks because saying Zach Wilson's great, arguing with people causes enough where people look at you, you get clicks, whatever the case may be. But say, say Stephen A. Smith or Skip Bayless or you know the top level talking heads in the media of sports, say they said Zach Wilson's good. They're still wrong. It doesn't matter how people follow you, you fucking moron. It doesn't make a difference. If you have a bad take, you have a bad take. We go on here and we talk all the time about the Jets. Sometimes we're right, sometimes we're wrong. Zach Wilson not being a good quarterback, I don't even know how anybody's debating it.
0: Did we, you we see?
1: We, talk, we broke the stats down that no quarterbacks played this far into their career and been this bad. Right. Because no one really gets as many chances to be this bad. Right. You know what I mean? I mean, Zach, the Zach Wilson ship is sailed. I want to know. I wonder what he thought when Zach Wilson didn't want to play and was like, nah, I'm good. I'm yeah. all right. And the media came out and all of a sudden he said, no, no, I'm good. I'll play. I'll play. Um, and Trevor Simeon playing well is just another bad quarterback, not named Zach Wilson, like Joe Flacco and like Johnson and like Mike White, and like pretty much Eddie else. everybody else who's played quarterback for the Jets has managed to do okay. I mean, there's no way around Dan, that
0: either. Dan, Dan Scampoli just uh, tweeted. Um, he says, Jets get Devontae Adams, Raiders get Quinin Williams, and a 2024 second round pick. Yo. Damn scam. Holy <laughs> cow. He says, Who says no? No, Dan. Sorry. We're not trading. You, don't, you don't want
1: Devontae here? Not place, okay. I'm
0: not trading Quinnen Quinn Williams, the one of the top in, interior defensive linemen. For a thirty-year-old wide receiver, I'm yeah. I'm so sorry that 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 would definitely not happen. I know you want, and here's the thing, Dan. I did bet you hundred dollars that he's coming to the Jets. Now this is what it's going to come down to, and I hope you're listening, all Jet fans. You guys are listening. I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm going out. Okay, if the Raiders do not keep Antonio Pierce as head coach, Devontae Adams will not be on the Raiders in next year. You heard yeah, it here first. You heard it here first. I don't oh, know okay. if I hope he's on the Jets, but I'm telling you right now, if because 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 Adams came out very hard on look Pierce is he loves everything about what's going on right now, and I honestly, the Raiders I would bring Pierce back. Okay, yeah. If he, they if Mark Davis does not bring him back, Adams is gone. Mark my words. That could be true. Um... Oh, Dan says that's a fact. <laughs> <laughs> I got it right, man! I'm telling you, I I'm telling you, bro. It's just the way Adams came out. I was just yeah. like, oh what? But if he comes back, he'll be a Raider for sure.
1: I'll tell you what, I don't know if I'd give him up for Q, but I know Aaron Rodgers probably, you know, if he had his had his wish list, that'd be a receiver that'd be here. Him and just to dream about it, him and Garrett Wilson. I mean, that'd be that'd Be, that'd be, oh, issues, brother, just,
0: uh, be real, guys. We'll see what be, I'd Let's be happy. amped again, Keith. I would be. <laughs> I know.
1: Get us back to a happy place. instead of a negative place. I've been for three months here. Like all Jet fans have been for three months. All right, Mike. Last game of the season coming up here. Jets, Patriots. Possibly the last game of Bill Belichick's career. Yeah. Up against the New York Jets here, guys. Patriots coming in at 4-12. and Jets are coming in at 6-10, and right? So, Mike, right now, um, the Pats are sitting at third in draft order. The yeah. Jets are sitting at eighth. If the Patriots win this game, they could end up with number six pick, go down to number six. If they lose the game, they could move up to number two. If the Jets lose this game, they could actually move all the way up to number five pick um, with their strength of schedule. And if they win the game, they can actually go down to 13. So, two teams, I mean, <clears throat> two teams, Mike, who haven't played well this year. Um, I don't know if, if – Bill Belichick really cares about draft stock. If he's coaching his last game, probably wants to beat the jets. That, that's what I'm thinking, Mike. I don't think they're coming to hit a tank. Uh, I don't, I don't think that, but if he's not back next year, um, I mean, that would be interesting. I would love to give him a loss on the way out. Mike,
0: let me, let me tell you, let me tell you something. I, I and again, every jet fan can root the way they want to root. If you want to win, if you don't want to win, do what you got to do. Yeah. Me. I've seen this team pick at two, pick at three, Pick at eleven, pick everywhere, and not get good players. So this, this, you know, and this is the thing that Luke was saying. Oh, we need to have a higher draft pick. No, well, now when we know the GM, does the GM have a great track record of picking great players? I mean, he did good one year, right? It's not a guarantee you're going to get a great player. So yeah. here is what a guarantee: we have a 16-game losing streak against the New England Patriots. Bill Belichick embarrasses us at all times i want to destroy them i don't care about the draft damn capital i really don't because you're going to pick a great play you're going to pick whatever beat new england beat them it's big for going into next season guys if this was a blow up if they were just going to destroy the team it's kind of like whatever this entire team's coming back yeah have to get that monkey off our back we have to beat belichick in his last game as a patriot yes (laughs) Of course, I want to win. It's not even close. I don't, I don't, I understand. And y'all, God bless y'all. You want to lose? Fine. I don't want to lose. I want to destroy that team. I hate that team more than anything on earth. Like anything. I hate that team. (laughs) I hate their fans. Everything. I want a W and I want a convincing W. And I want to see Belichick walk off the field with an L.
1: Yeah, Mike, I mean, this I don't even know who this guy is, but this Luke character anyone else, if anyone's rooting for the Jets to lose while you're sitting there watching the game, like watching your team play and hoping they don't play well and lose, that means to me, you know, you're kind of a loser as a person because I root for the Jets. If they do lose, which they've done a good portion of my entire life, if they lose, you go, oh, okay. It helps us with our draft pick. After the game. But I don't turn, I've never turned a jet game on. And if someone acts like that's being naive as a fan, I'm going to argue it's the opposite. I'm a jet fan. I don't turn the games on. I, th- I I thought Zach Wilson is a bag of trash since the beginning of last season. Yep. I, never wa- I never turned a game on and was like, man, I hope this guy plays bad because it'll make my opinion correct. Who gives a shit, right? Like, those things shouldn't matter when you watch your team, your podcast or your social media presence in the universe that you want to um, make seem a certain way. Shouldn't matter when you're actually watching the game. When That's you have right. the game on, no one's around. There's no microphone on you. When I'm watching the Jets play, I don't go, oh man, I hope they lose this game. Hope the Browns, I hope the Browns whoop the Jets. When the Redskins were coming back, I wasn't like, oh, here we go. Come on, Redskins. Get this done. Like. What are you?
0: What are you talking about? Luke, like- he goes. Luke said, "Jet fans that want to win, legit question. What does winning a game with Trevor at QB versus a terrible team to still have eight straight seasons of losing give you?" Question. mark. He's know berating the Jet fans that were happy. And I said back to him, "I'm curious. Why do you care?" Question mark. If Jet fans are happy to see a win, then let them be happy. I'm curious why people like to throw stones and act like they're experts on how people should feel. Enjoy the win, Jet fans. For those of you who did, that's what I said back. Yeah. and then he came back? Oh yeah, you only have two thousand followers on Twitter, like like a little bitch. Like, yo, I'm a bitch Look, <laughs> I'll tell
1: I'll tell Luke something, man. If we, if I, you know what, let me first of all, let me turn it down because that really pissed me off what you just said. Like, I don't want to say anything stupid, like you know I'm prone to do sometimes. I, yeah, I didn't that. even tell you. <laughs> if you have, if what you're saying is that you have a Jet podcast or you're a personality in this world and you root for this team, and you're in any way criticizing people. When they win a goddamn game, I don't—I don't even know what to say to that. What, what are know. you doing? Then you're not really a Jet fan. You're just the guy that has a Jet podcast or whatever he does. Right. I don't even know what he does. Mike. He's not even a yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you don't criticize people. I mean, having a win in a year when you're going to only win six or seven games, yeah, it—it it, it sucks. Those wins don't mean anything. It just affects your draft stock, of course. But how do you turn the game on or retroactively? Get mad at Jet fans. If Zach Wilson, this clown he thinks is good, went out and balled and beat the Redskins, what would he have said? What would he have said? If Zach Wilson threw four touchdowns and 400 yards and Jet fans were happy, would this clown, what, he's from Australia?
0: Australia, yeah. Yeah, okay. Would
1: this clown then be upset? (laughs) Would he be blasting people? Or is he mad because Trevor Simeon, just like Mike White, just like Joe Flacco, just like Josh Johnson, just like every other quarterback that's played on this team for the past three years, managed to play well. Is that what it is, Mike? Because remember they put the stats up, Mike, that the Jets quarterbacks not named Zach Wilson. Yo, I hope someone clip this and send this to the Thunder from down under. The (laughs) quarterbacks not named Zach Wilson averaged over 300 yards passing a game the past three years. That would make us number one in the NFL. Wrap your mind around that. With Zach Wilson, we're last. So what are we talking about? Why do we have to do this with people? It happens with politics. It happens with sports. Stupid people have stupid opinions and they stick with it because they get likes, they get clicks, they get whatever the case may be. And then when you challenge them on it, I don't want to talk to you. You're blocked, you're blocked. I don't want to debate because I know what I'm saying is stupid, so you're blocked. You know what I'm saying? Like, like No one's Crazy. played as so many games as they only had, what do you have 20 touchdowns his whole career? I mean,
0: what are we, to- what? I, I, I can't. I know.
1: I didn't want to tell you because
0: I knew it would piss you off. I didn't want to say that. I just brought it up just because it was on my mind. But, yeah, it's crazy, man. Uh, that, that Hey, he he, he has and his opinion, too. whatever, you know. So. And
1: when Zach Wilson doesn't play, our quarterback play is top of the NFL, and it's with Struggs. It's with Mike White and Joe Flacco and Josh. I mean, what else do you need? Like the exact, the same team, the same players. Mike, we had to debate this. With another unnamed person on another chat. When oh, yeah. I said, Oh, but with the same exact players, he all these other guys are playing great. And Zach Wilson doesn't. Unless guys are completely wide open. He hasn't hit any but he's not making great plays. He's not doing anything, any game to win games. He does the opposite. And when he just, when he just plays average,
0: I know. The
1: people who love him act like he's Aaron Rodgers. I know. They act like he's great. Oh my god, look, look at this one game versus the Texans that he has the whole season where he played good. What about the rest of the season? You know what I'm saying? Like, yep. I'm, done, yeah. I'm done with that. I'm done with done. Hey, 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 we're going
0: we're to trade him away. Five, fifth round pick, sixth round pick, whatever. The Zach area is over with. So. Yeah, he'll go somewhere else and he'll do nothing.
1: He'll do nothing. He'll go somewhere else and be a backup. And if someone gets hurt, maybe he'll get a chance. Maybe not. Because before that Texan game, there wasn't a high chance. He's guaranteed even a backup spot next year on any team. I know okay so let's just let's just keep it real with this contract all right so it's not going to be a jet next year we don't have to stress out about it but if you really are a jet fan and you're questioning anybody forever being happy about a win draft pick aside you're a clown and you have no idea what you're talking about go back to austin rules football whatever garbage you watch on there because you don't understand what it means to be a fan of this goddamn team over on the other side of the earth talking to jet fans in new york like we shouldn't yeah. be happy Man, stop that garbage! I want—I want to ever hear this clown's mention mentioned on our show again. I do not have no idea how many followers. I didn't even know who he was, Mike. I don't yeah, even care I mean, about social media. I'm not the last one who cares. I know. I know. But uh, yeah.
0: Anyway, anyway,
1: anyways, guys, um, that's it for this week. That's all we got, yep. Mike. If anyone does want to get asked or support us in any way, shape, or form, I'm happy to do that.
0: Hey guys, look, uh, we haven't been on consistently a lot. Um, but we always appreciate the listens. Um, you know, we're we're going to be getting ready back in the style for 2024 on Facebook. You can find us at radio on X. You can find us at AEBG underscore NYJ podcast and on Instagram at Jet.AEBG.
1: You heard the man. On behalf of the biggest Jet fan in the state of Texas, Michael Agaris, my name is Keith Farrell. Good action next week, everybody. Peace out.